welcome back to the morning show afternoon edition we're still on the <laughs> the second cup of coffee uh, we just wanted to put in something else there which is a little excerpt from from the Combray part of Proust's In Search of Lost Time uh, because it it's very humorous but it also ties in together the the philosophy of uh, Henry Bergson and Proust and also something we talked about on the Florentine Renaissance podcast yesterday so Proust is putting in Bergson into the novel in the name of an author called Bargot. And that person is introduced through his friend, who's called Bloch. And Bloch is a, is a little bit older than the young Marcel in the story, but he is super pretentious. <laughs> and he's, uh, uh, I'm going to read a couple of quotes of uh, what he's saying. So he's, he's a friend of the little Marcel, but he's very quickly not welcome in the house anymore. And uh, but he's then again the one who introduces the little, the young Marcel to to the writings of Bargot, uh, which is also kind of a model of Proust himself and the, the writing. He's describing his own writing through this character of Bargot with very long sentences, writing something that's outside of the established kind of uh, literary genres at the time. So when Proust, he had to, uh, the first volume he had to self-publish and then the second one was published and, and uh, then he started getting kind of awards for it. But in the beginning, it was not. He was denied from all the publishers in Paris. But he's describing here with um, his, <laughs> his friend. And so Combray is this little uh, village where Marcel goes to during the summers with his parents. So that's where his aunt lives. And then the grandfather is kind of a... a big figure here who's opinions and <laughs> he's uh, he's asking this then the friend of Marcel uh, why Monsieur Bloch is there a change in weather has it been raining I can't understand it the barometer has been set fair because this Bloch friend is coming with wet clothes and then the Bloch is responding which drew from Bloch nothing more instructive than sir I am absolutely incapable of telling you whether it has rained. I live so resolutely apart from my physical contingencies that my senses no longer trouble to inform me of them. <laughs> and then the grandfather just says after he's left, like, my poor boy, your friend is out of his mind. <laughs> he's an imbecile. He can't even tell me what the weather was like. But then also there's another quote from this friend here. Which is, it's also funny because it's like, this is Proust, a very intellectual Proust who is describing in part the world that he grows up in and that he lives in, kind of this intellectual literal Paris uh, in the early 1900s. So this is the moment where kind of his, uh, this friend Bloch is, is, uh, will be shut out from the house. He says, and finally he had upset the whole household when he arrived an hour and a half late for luncheon and covered with mud from head to foot, and made not the least apology, saying merely, I never allow myself to be influenced in the smallest degree either by atmospheric disturbances or by the arbitrary divisions of what is known as time. I would willingly reintroduce to society the opium pipe of China or the Malayan Chris, but I am wholly and entirely without instruction in those infinitely more pernicious, besides being quite bleaky bourgeois, implements 
the umbrella and the watch. <laughs> That's kind of the final straw for the family. So then, just as, as it happened, Bloch was not invited to the house again. So uh, we just wanted to put this one in here. It's, it's one of those kind of brighter moments in Combray, the first part of the, the first volume uh, in uh, Swan's Love, as it's called. And we're going to continue to look at this, but it's, there's also a, a little hint of something serious when he talks about this, what we call time, because this was, again, this is arbitrary divisions that we call time, because this was the huge debate at the time between Albert Albert Einstein and Henry Bergson about the nature of time. And Henry Bergson is very much kind of a, uh, it's a floating thing uh, that you can't divide up. It's just like this constant flow. And Bergson is also presenting this worldview that the only thing that's real is the change in itself, or he calls it durée, which is, the, the kind of the motion in time that is t completely fluid. So what you see now, if you think of the, the, the planet or the solar system or the universe, in his sense, that's actually not, that is not the real reality because it's just a snapshot of something that's in, in movement. The thing that is the real, in his view, is in a sense like the concept of changing and movement in itself that is where he places the definition of reality. That is something, just like the mechanism of something moving and changing and flowing. So um, it's a very different way of thinking about time. So he had huge, he was a big kind of philosophy star in Paris at the time, and he had these big debates with Einstein, and they disagreed, and in a way Einstein became the most famous after that because of his, his theories and kind of the, how we could apply them to physics and and the relative relativity theory. Okay, so that's all for this one. Just a little input from the <laughs> from French literature, uh, the world of literature, and in search of lost time. And uh, hope you're still having a great day, great day, and a good cup of coffee. Maybe some blue skies. It's sunny up here. It's cold and sunny, but it's a very nice day and super fantastic start of the week. So with that. Thanks so much for listening. And we set up an email now, so you could always just email us at morningcoffee at awpodcast.com. So morningcoffee at awpodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening and uh, see you again in the next episode.